Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Ladies and gentlemen, it's noon-ish on Friday. He joins us now on the Harbor One hotline, and he's also brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, where you can win free groceries in their Grand Slam Summer Sweepstakes, the voice of baseball in Boston, Louis Merloni. Hello, Hello boys. Lou. How you doing, buddy? I'm oh. doing great. How are you guys doing? You know what? I knew for I know for a fact I'm like, all right, yeah. there's no way in hell he's playing golf today. You know why? Too hot. Too freaking hot. It's heavy, it's humid. It's hot and humid. He, he ain't rolling out there. No, it's hot. And the other thing, too, I, it's like, you know, I had a little run here of, like, a lot of games. So now I got a little bit of break here over the weekend, an all-star break. So it's like day one, you got to get back to, like, sort of life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Golf will come, like, day, I don't know, by Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm out. Let's, let's translate, okay? Because yeah. we've all been friends. We've known each other for a long time. We've all been in the business a long time. Mama's got things for me to do. There you go. <laughs> work is Thank over. you. Brother, <laughs> we knew where that was going. That was the that was the really really dressed up way yeah. of Lou saying, yeah. "Yo, I can't play this weekend. Yeah. It's a bad weekend. I got yeah. stuff to do. I need about three or four days. You know, a couple of days, and then I'm back out there. I'll, I'll, I'll get out there a bunch of times next week. Tuesday morning, you're good. <laughs> oh, Saturday morning, your ass would be grass. I might play 36 Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, I mean, Lou, this team. Well, I mean, like Fourier and I started the show with. Well, you're two games over 500. Now you're playing Oakland. They're a wounded animal. Then you got the all-star break. Then you get a little more of Oakland once again. Management has been on record as saying, hey, maybe this team will show us something here in the month of July. Are, 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 are things kind of coming together here to put guys like Sam Kennedy and Heim Bloom in a tricky spot at the end of July? I honestly, I feel like you got to talk to me after like the next, you know, nine games, you know, because you've got Oakland for six of them and the Cubs in between. So obviously, you got to take care of business. I, I don't think anybody that's followed this team would be shocked at all if they dropped two out of three to Oakland after beating Toronto and Texas. It's just who they are. So they got to show there's something different there. Go take care of business against Oakland. Go take two out of three from Chicago. Go sweep Oakland again. You could very well be sitting there nine, ten games over 500 or something in that area, eight games over 500 if you take care of business. Then, then you can start looking at who is coming back and start thinking about bottom line is they need starters. I mean, they can't keep rolling out three. You know, they need starters, even if it's not high-end guys. They need some big league arms. Well, see, listen, I, so we started the show talking about, like, you know, because Core was on the show and he talked about, you know, hey, if we can go 15 out of 20, you know, and then yeah. that, that would – and I did the math myself, Lou, and I ended up ended up having them 12 games above 500 because right now, Lou, <laughs> they're 5-1 and one in their last six. Yeah. Okay, well, so with 14 games left, they still have four games to lose to get to that 15, and, uh, 15 out of 20 and six games with the, with the athletics. Yeah. But to your point – they beat the good teams, and then they crap themselves against the teams that they should beat, yeah, which drives bats. me nuts. Yeah, for some reason, the bats go silent, and it's all, about, it's all about the bats. You know, I mean, you're playing a team like Oakland. You drop four on them in the first two innings, and it's 4 nothing. They're thinking about all-star break. 
I mean, they're just a bad baseball team. But you get them in a 1-1 game in the sixth, they look around and they're like, guys, we can actually win this game. And that's what they've done to crappy teams. I've given them hope. you got to just step on their throat like the first two or three innings and put that thing away. They just don't do it. So uh, minus the obvious issues with you know injuries and stuff like that, is that a characteristic that they just don't have? And if they don't have it, how does Core get them to have it? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I don't. I don't really. Um, can't really explain what it is about them. It's just like the bats go silent, and they and and there's certain guys that sort of disappear. Now, what was big early in the year was having guys like Duran swinging it. Now he's swinging it again. The lineup gets a little bit more extended, you know. So Turner's swinging it at a high level. So these guys are now, you know, Yoshida's been consistent. So now all of a sudden that lineup. Now you got to get Duvall going. And if you can get Duvall going, now you got six, seven guys. There was a period where he felt like if it didn't come from two or three, you were done. You know, so is it a characteristic of this team? I don't think so, but I do think that the injuries kind of are mounting up on the pitching side of it. Shouldn't affect the offense, but they need some help if they're if they're really going to think they can do something. Lou Merloni with us. If you're Alex Cora, how do you go about addressing the team coming out of the break? Like everybody is aware they know they got to play better to maybe be able to get some help. Does it have to be spoken upon by the manager? You've been in clubhouses. How should it be handled in sending the message of, hey, let's put some pressure on these bleepers upstairs? Yeah, maybe it is. Just, you know, They meet all the time, so maybe it's just one of those, like, you want him to go out and help you? Go out and play. Look, let's show him that you deserve it. Like, go, go out and actually, we're beating good teams, but we're, get, we're losing against teams under 500. Go out and show your general manager that you've earned it. Go out and show me that you guys are worthy of actually adding two or three arms. You know, maybe one or not even a reliever. Get some of these guys back and push them to the bullpen. So it's up to the players to go and show it. But then if they do, then it's up to the GM to to give them something that can help, right? That is the biggest issue. If you're going to battle through these injuries for three or four months and put yourself in a position where you're a game out of the wild card and your GM doesn't get it done, that's when you start getting pissed off. And I think that's kind of been a feeling the last couple of years. Is there, uh, at least maybe in your opinion, Lou, because there were players last year who were not happy at the process of how everything went down. Yeah. Heimblum wasn't there to tell players they were leaving. It came in phone calls and things like that and the mixed messaging. Is is that something Heimblum must fix regardless of what he does at this deadline in terms of helping to build credibility with guys in the clubhouse, considering last year it really went down very clunky. Yeah, and I think that's something actually he is he's trying to do this year. I saw him a couple times on the road and mentioned something to him. Like he's actually getting together. He's on the road, like meeting with players, like hanging out, grabbing lunch, grabbing breakfast, whatever, like trying to talk to them more, maybe something he didn't do last year. But, um, you know, the thing is, is like this whole buying and selling at the same time, I guess there's, there's definitions of it. Like if they were to move Kike and Duvall, that to me, that's not selling. That's just opening up spots for guys that maybe want to play. They want to play more. So, um, yeah, the communication with it, it's his job to make moves. He doesn't necessarily have to communicate with them, right? He's a GM. Right. So random just observation. Just help me out with this one. Oh, boy. How fast do you think Duran can run the 40? like NFL-style Indianapolis combine. Like, how fast do you think he really is? Because I look at him like, frick, I don't know, is it just the technique that that how he approaches, you know, base running? Or is it just the fact that he's just super fast? Or is it a combination? Um, I think Hamilton's faster, straight line. 
I think where where Duran is amazing is like the the turns at first base, like the turns at second base, where like most humans have to really bow out to kind of get to a straight line to second, like quicker. Yeah. So you run more feet than he does. Yeah. He's just so athletic and strong. He kind of runs, takes like a step to the right, and he just turns. So he cuts the corner. He cuts the corner. Like, what's his speed? I don't know. Is he four five guy? Yeah, I was thinking. I was I was gonna put put him in around the four five. Like four three is obviously freaky fast, but four five. And and the other one that I was curious about is uh, what was it? Uh, bottom of the seventh in last night's game. Bases loaded. Kiki at the plate. Duvall at second. Yeah. So bloop single like right over the shortstop. And I heard you saying, wow, what a read, what a read. Should he have done that? Or was that like legit like veteran move by him? Because he almost ran into Devers. Yeah, no, he, he. I would say like a lot of those, sometimes you sit there and say, wow, that's really risky. I think uh, Duran had one the other day where Merrifield almost caught at second base. But that one there, when you eventually see the ball bounce, you know, in front of the outfielder, like obviously, you know, like at the end of the play, like that far in front of him, then you look at it and say, oh, it's a great read. Like, if he dives and just kind of short hops it, and you're like, wow. Like, that was really risky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you needed to be that risky on that play, but this one here was just a great read. And Devers was kind of in no man's land, to be honest with you. Like, he's actually thinking of tagging up, and if he catches that, he's not going to score, you know, because it was so shallow. He should have been off the bag a little bit more. So, Duvall, that was just a great read. You know, he and Turner are really good at that. That was a good one. Uh, Lou, what do you make of, of Yu Chang as a long-term shortstop? I know that it was, Hey, they, and, and you even noted it on Twitter. Hey, he wasn't playing in AAA. They got him up. They got him back in the lineup. I know Cora came out and said, yeah, he is likely to be the, is it just the shortstop this year or does this guy have a chance? No, story's a shortstop. He'll be the shortstop when he comes back in August. But they, they need Chang to be the shortstop. And then Reyes is right behind him. So I think both those guys will be on that team. Everyone's talking about needing a shortstop at the All-Star break. You've already got through it. You know, and it wasn't pretty, but you've got through it. You know, you got Chang coming back. you got Reyes coming back. And all they got to do is give you three or four weeks before Story comes back. He's your shortstop until Marcelo Meyer is ready, which could be a year or two. Okay, you played with Pedro Martinez. Yeah. He, in fact, put you in a position to almost get maimed in Tampa, as we've discussed numerous times. Fact. There are a lot of people who are mentioning Pedro Martinez and Brian Bayo in the same breath. Yeah. I do not want to be disrespectful to Brian Bayo, yeah. but, boy, that's lofty stuff there when you're compared to Pedro. What are the similarities? What are the differences? And where are you at in terms of Bayo's growth this year? I would say they're both shorter starters, and they both have great change-ups. And other than that, it's over. Like, it's just, you know, maybe maybe a similar, like, flair for the game. It's not fair to – Pedro Martinez threw 97 with his change-up and his curveball and his cutter. Like, like it's just – it's just stop. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like we're going to compare, like, you know, this great young Celtic player. How would you compare him to Michael Jordan? You don't. You just enjoy what you got. And I think he's a really, really good starter. His change-up is really good. Um, he's got some flair on the mound. Uh, I, I love he's figured everything out really quickly with his stuff, but he ain't striking out 17 guys a game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's different and it's just not fair to compare him, but he's really, really good. Um, there is this like desire to kind of crown him like as the, uh, the next, you know, bright superstar yeah. must watch type of deal. So, and, and I think the fact that, you know, uh, Pedro helped him in yep. the off season, I think is there's some parallels there, but real quick to the all-star game. Yeah. Um, Kenley Jansen, the only guy. Do you think yep. they anyone got snubbed on the Red Sox? I think Verdugo should have been in there instead of Julio Rodriguez. 
I think I don't know if that's the guy he was talking to with his comments the other day. I just I understand it's cluttered out there. There's a lot of really good players, and you get the whole who should he be in front of, who should he be over, and and everything there. It's just that I, he's had an all-star year. I mean, defensively, he's the best right fielder in the American League. He is going to win a Gold Glove. He gives you quality at bats. He gets on base. He leads all outfielders in hits and doubles, and he's there at WAR and OPS and everything else. But you know, you add Julio Rodriguez, and the problem is, is that the reserves. They're voted by the peers. They're voted by the players. And there's an order that you're in. And when guys start getting bounced, I think the league just simply goes to the list and says, okay, he's done. Who's the next guy? Julio Rodriguez. Okay, he's hurt. Who's the next guy? And I don't think Verdugo was very high in that list with his peers for some reason. It, it, hasn't it always been that way? It's almost like, who are the worst people to ask? Uh, the players. They're too lazy. <laughs> to, they're too really? lazy. And it's funny, though, Lou, because in a sport that is so – like st- st- uh, stats driven, yeah. Like just so massively, just it's all about stats. You would think it'd be real easy to just go, all right, I'll take this guy. Yeah, it's just it, it's different. And you know, I remember always having this discussion. It's like the All Star Game. Is it do we reward a guy for having a good two or three months, or do we just reward a guy that's really an All Star? You know what I mean? Like like whether it's just somebody like back in the day. You know, like A Rod had a bad couple of months, but it's like dude's an All Star, right? So it's. You get into these discussions, like with baseball players, they may look at Julio Rodriguez and say he's one of the great young players in the game. You know, are we going to reward Verdugo for having a good two or three months, or are we going to put a guy that's more of a face of a baseball team in the All-Star game, which is better for the game? I, I don't know how they do it, but it's always kind of controversial. But I think he just deserved it. He's a good player. Okay. Now I want to go back in time because it is the All-Star break. How quickly would 2002 Lou have been in a tropical locale Sunday night? I would have been uh, down the Cape at my house, okay. in my, on my back deck, actually on the beach first, then on the back deck, maybe sipping a couple adult sodas. Okay. Then the back deck, and I would just be like rolling around naked with lobster and oh. butter and steamers. Not naked, with suit on, but still, okay. you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Lobsters yeah. everywhere, steamers everywhere, corn in the cob. It would just be a blowout clam bake, whatever it took. For an entire week. That's now, what it would be. Would uh, would other players have been with O2 Lou, or is it 25 guys scattering all over the world? A, a lot of it is mostly it's 25 guys. I mean, let's face it. I was, you know, I was single back in the day. Um, most of some of the guys are married. They're going home with their wives. I think Nomi actually came down one time, like one one break. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was uh, it was just solo old family. You know, just came back with my dad, my parents, my, you know, my okay. sisters, everybody like that. Because because I got to assume that there are some flights booked for uh, what six o'clock Sunday night for guys to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, you would think. You know, I mean, Sunday night it's you, it's you know, it's crazy because you got my back Thursday. You know what I mean? Or you got to fly out to Chicago. You may meet the team. I don't know how they do it as far as that goes. But you know, it's it's a lot. But I mean, you've got four days off. It's not like it's like you don't have ten. You know, you got four days off. You really so. got to think about where you're going to. You do. How long is the flight? I mean, can't what? go longer than two and a half hours, but that still yeah. gets you to you the Bahamas stay. or Florida. Well, or yeah, somewhere you got to stay you on the East Coast. Yeah, probably. I think a lot of guys, even back in the day, would kind of do the whole like Cape thing for like you know four or five days. Maybe rent the house for a week, and even though they're going to be there for three or four, whether or Vineyard, Nantucket, up Maine, like you know, I mean, stay local, but just try to enjoy like a beach day. Great stuff from our friend Lou Absolutely. Maloney. We always love it when uh, Lou stops by each and every Friday at noon here at Gretchen for you. And Lou, just yes. as a you know, just a recommendation, Talk you know, your your little honeydew list. Listen, just one one at a time. Start at the top, 
Yeah. And just just and then you'll be done before you know it. Okay? Yeah, I'm getting done pretty much. It's okay. going to be a, uh, I like the I like the later evening beach days. You know what I mean? I like those. The golden those hour. You like the golden hour? Oh, I love the beach around 3 or 4 o'clock. A little cooler piece. <laughs> the golden little, hour. They call it. Roll. Yeah. Golden hour, not something else. You know, you thought I was going to say something golden else. Golden shower? No! no! <laughs> my, I don't know about these things. I don't know. Do you want to answer that one, too? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's the bottom of my honeydew list. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, reward. Here we go. Lou, thank you, brother. Have a, a great weekend. We'll talk to you, bud. You too, man. Enjoy the weather, boys. Uh, at Lou Marloni on uh, Twitter. Oh, he's the best. He really is. And by the way, hmm. please, somebody, Nesson, whomever, he, he, stroke the guy the check. Just he do is it already. so good. Like on, it's not even close on Nesson. I mean, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to other big leaguers, but sorry. Like he's Lou is just great at calling baseball games.